I believe in yesterday's episode, we were talking about how Apple is going to get rid of the port altogether, how they're not even going to bother with USB Type-C, and it's going to be a uh, portless iPhone. Portless mm. iPhone 13. Mm. Well, that was a talk. I don't yeah. I don't know. That was a talk. It was, yeah. Anyway, some of us, myself, yourself, possibly, started to think about what this portless phone would be like and how it would charge up. And of course, we have the MagSafe connector on the current model iPhone 12, which is this magnetic disc that fits onto the back and charges, I believe, at around 15 watts. And it was like, oh, well, we'll just they'll just do that. Mm-hmm. But then I see this report today. I believe it's a patent filing. MagSafe charging port for iPhone appears. Now, this is when we got to start to talk about what exactly is a port. You start talking about portless. This how, is a half port. Yeah, how big is a port? How deep is a port? Yeah. How deep is a port? It's not regulated, that's for sure. So they say that this is for a MagSafe port, but I don't know what Apple would call it a port, and I don't know if this phone would still qualify as portless if it has this particular feature. Now, this MagSafe connector in this particular drawing, it looks a lot like uh, the MagSafe connector we had on the, on the uh, on the MacBooks at one point in time, however, a little more curvature to it. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you from my experience with the MagSafe connector on MacBooks, they're kind of amazing. They're kind of amazing, but what was special there was the fact that the laptop, the weight of the laptop on the desk, if you kick the magnetic connector or the cable connected to the magnetic connector, it will come loose often because you got like five, six pounds on the desk with the laptop. With the phone, it will have to be a more sensitive connector in order to not have the thing fling off the table. Now, maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe that's an afterthought. Maybe this is all about a nice little connection and that's that. Mm -hmm. It's quite possible. Now, there have been companies that put out adapters that fit into your lightning connector or USB Type-C on the Android side of life and then makes those things magnetic, as you just showcased. But these are always a little bit finicky in my experience. Yeah, there's another connector here that goes into your phone or laptop. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the MagSafe. And the strength magnet. of it and, and, and uh, the way they do the fit and stuff. And it's just, look, it's not a... It's it's an afterthought. It's a it's a it's a it's often a small time accessories company that trying to make something real quick, and they work to uh, a lesser degree. I mean, that one. Look at that thing. That thing's got three thousand eight hundred ratings, four and a half stars. So maybe you just pick the best one ever. I don't know. But again, that's on the laptop, not the phone. But there are downsides. There have been downsides, even with those adapter cables. I've experimented with a bunch of them, and often you'll have a diminished. Uh, charge speed or there would just be problems with it right in my experience so an apple official version of it could have some advantages they could approach faster charge speed and do other proprietary things that they could test internally and do to their standard i don't know hmm does this is this better for the port people because they would say all right i need i want to see a fast charge because it, it appears right now that apple has embraced the wireless up to the point of 15 watts we know we can charge phones faster than that over the wire i don't know what the maximum spec for something like this would be there's obviously still a bit of a concern as far as fragments and particles finding their way in there because again will when your laptop had magsafe guess what it didn't go in your pocket 
You can put your laptop in your pocket. Right. You put in a bag. Now, your bag could be disgusting and things could accumulate there. Metal shavings and fragments attracted to magnetic forces. Mm-hmm. Things can happen. But in your pocket, have you ever seen people's iPhones, phones in general? They get disgusting something. It's a bit linty. You can get linty. And like I said, you got those fragments. If they do happen to be metallic, a little particle gets in the way there can cause problems. Mm-hmm. I used to see this in the old days. I was repairing this stuff. Mm-hmm. I would see if someone came in and he said, my MagSafe is bust. I say, excuse me, sir. There's a lint ball in there. No, there's an entire, uh, you've got an entire. T-shirt in there. You've got an entire, how long you can go with that one? You no, it would be, it would be. You it got would a be, me undies in there. It would be like a chunk of a paper clip or something. You know what I yeah. mean? Like legitimately. And you'd be like, look, it's not making contact and you're shorting the thing and you're lucky to be alive, sir. Is basically how that conversation would go. So these are things they would have to consider. But often, you know, with these patents, Will, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a thing. They're thinking about it. They're designing uh, these these uh, potential uh, features in case they want to use it. But they might just forget about the port completely, not even do the half port and just have you slap it on the back and figure out those technologies and heat and everything else. But, you know, they don't like to be inefficient with the wireless charging exclusively because then the people, they come out of the woodwork and they say, what you doing with my energy? Yeah. What you doing for the planet? Mm-hmm. There's those, that, those people that are out there. They're out there. And they're coming for you, Tim. They're coming for you, Tim. Well, what about uh, file transfer? Yeah. With clouds. Everywhere, it's the clouds. Sure. Come on. Well, okay. There's no file transfer. You pay extra for the iCloud, and and everything goes there, but and it goes up, and it goes it down. Yeah, no, but then you got. Well, are you forgetting you got AirDrop? You're dropping. You're AirDropping. Who uses that? People <laughs> use that. People use that. Today's sponsor, DoorDash. I, you know, I could use some DoorDash right now. I'll tell you what. Okay. I'm gonna. What I'm. Are you, gonna get? you know what? I might order something up as soon as this is done. It's quite possible. I would like to order up maybe a, a Western sandwich. That's what I'm looking for. A Western sandwich. Yeah, you know what a Western sandwich is, Will? Western sandwich is gonna have egg in there. Okay. It's gonna have some onion in there. It's like an oh, omelet style, folded over. All right. Uh, it's gonna have some onion in there. It has ham in there. You put a little salt and pepper. It goes on the toast. I mean, there's a Western bagel. You know, you can do something like that. Okay. Well, that sounds delicious. I, I like how you wrote Western sandwich. I like did that. I? Yeah, that's right. That's well, what that's you did. how I spell it. And and you put that on a toast. Now, a toast is up to you. You know, you could do a whole whole wheat. You could do a white toast, and it's got a crunch to it. It's it's got some saltiness to it. It's got the egg in there. You know, it's warm. And you might get a side dish with something like that, sure. a Western sandwich. You might get the, the the hash brown style potatoes. You know, you might find yourself with a side dish of uh, some cut up vegetables. You don't know. A couple of pickles. You, you maybe there's a pickle involved. You know. Yep. And so that's probably what I would end up ordering immediately after the show. But you could get everything on DoorDash. You already know this. Well, yeah. It could be the national well known chains. They're in there. All the ones you know about and you love could also could also be the local spots. Listen to this, Will. There's over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. Shout out to all those places. You can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants. 
like Popeye's, Chipotle, and the Cheesecake Factory. Let me tell you something, Will. It's tough out there for these restaurants at the moment. You know, they haven't had the the the, the patrons like they used to. Mm-hmm. Now it's your responsibility to jump on DoorDash, put in an order, support that local. Oh, yeah. Get in there, Willie Do. Oh, no, yeah. no, I'm telling you, like right now, put the order in. Nah. <laughs> Best part here, you're going to catch a deal if you get on with it already and order some food because you're starving for a limited time. Lou, later, viewers and listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LouLater2021. That's 25% off and up to uh, up to a $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LouLater2021. Don't forget the code LouLater2021. Otherwise, they don't know we sent you and you don't get the 25 points off your first order. You can also uh, click the link in the description, but then you got to remember the code. Got to remember the code, Will. Don't forget the code. Yeah, what's that again? That's a little later, 2021. Go get a Western sandwich. Next up, Apple tipped to release an iPad Mini Pro. You never saw that coming, Will. No. You never imagined such a thing. You're like, the iPad mini, they don't even care about the iPad mini. They just leave it the same all the time. iPad mini, what, what, it got a little bit faster, but it looks like 1997 in there. You know, iPad minis. Okay, maybe not. I'm exaggerating. Sure. It's a show. This is a show. There's cameras. There's microphones. There's a blue, there's a purple, uh, a purple flame in the background. It's a show. Yeah. Did you point to the purple? I tried, but I failed. completely missed. Anyway, uh, iPad Mini Pro. Let me break it down for you. It's a rumor. It may or may not come true. However, it's a report out of South Korea. The report adds the device has already passed R&D and product planning stages of development, meaning it has cleared the initial hurdles. So, I mean, these people believe that something's going on over here. Presumably, the iPad Mini Pro would look like the iPad Mini 6, which is rumored to feature a 9.15-inch display. So they're finally going to fix the forehead chin situation, the bezel situation, get something looking more modern in the mini form factor. Okay. And then you know how it goes with the Pro. When you're when you're going Pro, you're getting uh, slightly higher specifications. Maybe you're getting some LiDAR stuff. Maybe you're getting, uh, well, obviously, you can use the pen and do these things. And maybe you get some accessories for it. You flip and flap around the keyboards. Mm-hmm. MagSafe. What is a computer? Yeah. You do that whole thing. The flippy flappy. Exactly. Sure. It's a laptop. It's a tablet. It's everything else. Now, I don't mind the form factor. Actually, I kind of like smaller tablets. I'll tell you what. In my personal experience, I've had them all. And I gravitate right now if I got to grab a tablet to 1011 in terms of scale. Okay. So you tell me 9.15 inch display and I start to think maybe that's optimal. No fatigue holding it a little better than your phone. Sure. Make it really thin. Make it really light. I'm moving around. I'm moving. I'm grooving. Yeah. I got the iPad mini pro. And you also got a laptop too. If you want a bigger screen. I got laptops. Sure. You know. Yeah. I got laptops. So uh, anyways, they're saying that maybe the mini pro would be wouldn't have exactly the same screen size as the iPad mini 6, but it would be very close. The speculation here is it could be anywhere between 8.7 and 9.15 inches. 
but the confusing part is that's quite a few iPads now. So you would have this mini pro, you would have the 11 inch pro, you have the 12 inch, 12.9, you have the current iPad mini, the next iPad mini, iPad mini pro, then you have the iPad air. The air, yes. It's a lot of iPads. It is, yeah. Important to note. And I think they also just have a straight up budget iPad. Is there a product just called iPad right now? What's the cheapest? It's a 10.2. It's a lot of iPads. Um, but Apple has, they've, they've really hung in there as far as tablets are concerned, where others have failed or bailed. They're sticking around. They're, they're going to sell you an iPad. Yeah, right over there. iPad 8th generation. Like that's the, that's the budget model, right? If you scroll down, starting at 329. That's the volume model. So if all this happens... We're talking about quite a few iPads to choose from. Oh God, I just opened the, uh, I unlocked it. Yeah. To all the models here. Right. right. So what do you got? You got 12.9, you got a uh, 12.9 inch, the pro 11 inch pro, uh, iPad air fourth generation, iPad eighth generation, iPad mini fifth generation. And then they're still selling first all generation pros, versions. but still it's, it's a lot of iPads and they appear to be, well, at least there's a possibility here of them adding to it. You guys tell me in the comments, what is the optimal tablet size? Is it going to be around 10, 9, 10, 11, 12, or 13? I don't know. Where where does it live? What is the optimal tablet size for you and why? And then on the same note, apparently Apple is working with a new Apple Pencil. At least that's what this leak seems to indicate from Mr. White. And they reported here on Mac Rumors, this new Apple Pencil looks quite a bit different from the current model because it went back to the glossy finish and they had the matte finish currently it's kind of a surprising choice but one thing i have noticed particularly with airpods in the past that glossy finish on white tends to be fairly durable you don't notice a lot of um there's no even if it gets scratched up you don't really see it that much the way it reflects light glossy so i don't know if it's a durability situation if it's a supplementary product or if it will replace the current generation apple pencil second generation the other thing to note is that the tip that's being shown in this particular leak is quite a bit larger than the current design and some are speculating that it could have something to do with real world color sampling which is a thing that apple applied for the patent on a little while back now i don't know that you can fit that that type of tech inside of something that scale but I've goofed around with gadgets that aim to do this thing in the past. Right. You just touch a particular object and it will sample that color back and you can immediately use it in your uh, favorite application. Or you would get designers who would use something like mm -hmm. this. They want to know, they want to they find the true color of an orange. Yes. A tangerine. A clementine. Delicious. Uh, wait, wait a second, wait a second. What is your what would be your choice out of those orange options I just gave you? Uh, I would say uh, tangerine. It's the easy it's, peel. It's the easy peel. It's the bite size. Yeah, and they're sweet. generally softer and sweet. Yeah, now, don't get me wrong. It's very sweet. fruity. There's some sweetness involved. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, so we'll see what happens with that. Maybe it comes out. Maybe it, like I said, maybe it's supplementary or maybe it replaces. The glossy thing will will probably annoy some people because if it was true, but however, you could use you could leak the device, 
in a prototype stage. Like just the one that's getting passed around that end up in the leak yep. happen to be glossy and then the eventual product might not even be. So that's worth keeping in mind. Last Apple-related story, almost done with the Apple news. Apple has officially reopened all of its U.S. retail stores for the first time in nearly a year. Mm. I, I don't know if you're going to use this as some sort of signal that it's time for Willie Do to get out in the world and, and the world is opening back up and and uh, get your shorts and T-shirt, have go a picnic, go to the state, go to Texas. <laughs> yeah, Texas. Actually, uh, funny enough, the last of Apple's retail stores that was to be reopened was in Texas. So Texas oh, okay. was taking a while to let let this one reopen. You, you, Apple's just following the local regulations in the various areas it does business. And uh, it just turns out, I guess, that in some jurisdiction, some place in Texas, it, they must have had some other, some issues that were lasting a little sure. bit longer anyway. Yeah. Point being is the stores are open back up, at least in some capacity. Now, Apple was, they had some version of open stores and pickup windows, and they've been trying to figure out how to how they want to manage the COVID situation. A lot of their stores are in malls. Malls got really weird there for a while. And they also Ghost expanded towns. in Target, too, yeah. recently. Right? We talked about that, the, the stores inside of Target. But it is some signal for people, I suppose. And it also showcases to me just how long this thing's been going on. The idea that for the first time in a year or a, or close to a year, those stores are going to open back up. That's kind of wild. Now, of course, you can get all this stuff online. Uh, so that option always existed and continues to exist. And it doesn't, the fact that the stores were closed didn't seem to impact things like iPhone sales all that much. But we can at least use it as a signal that things are beginning to open back up. A little optimism, I don't know, up to you. I lied. I have one more Apple-related story, although Apple probably doesn't like this story that much. Australian man takes legal action against Apple after his iPhone X exploded in his pocket. Oh. Nobody wants this. No, Nobody wants to have that type of day. First of all, and we can't ignore this if we look to the right, we got some denim action going on. Is that quite a bit of denim going on there, or am I only looking at one piece of denim? Okay, that's just the... He flipped it inside that's out. That's just his pants flipped inside out. I thought and it was a shirt. Pockets. I thought it was a denim shirt. Oh, right. At where the pocket was coming down <laughs> over top the denim product on the bottom. Full denim. It's a, it's a yeah. real denim commitment once you have the denim up top, denim down below. Yeah. You see it happen from time to time. And I, I got to be honest, I don't mind it. It's got a work-like feel to it. Kind of a gold rush type of... Uh, gold rush type of uh, reminder. Uh, Levi Strauss, you know, you know what I'm saying here, Will. Sure. You don't know what I'm saying. Timberlake. I'm not looking for these people from when is it's this? A, I don't want to see the early statement. 2000s. I want to see the dude. I want to see 19. I want to see some Gold Rush. You need to give me Gold oh. Rush, full denim Gold Rush. This is what we're looking for right here. Uh, I like. Him? Yeah, he'll do that. Man, that'll do. He's not full denim. He's not full denim. No, no, we need better. Those guys, California Gold Rush. I need these guys right there. Okay, this is what I'm looking for. Okay. The dude in the middle there, you see denim, denim, right there, sitting down, denim, 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 denim. Yeah. He's ready for anything, this guy. It's all work all day. Rugged. He's putting, those clothes are tools, man. That's not a fashion, it's crazy, isn't it crazy? 
the the originally the material engineered for the hardest working types yeah, becomes the be, fashion thing. Yeah. You see it's how that goes? It's meant to be muddy. It's meant to yeah. be beat up. And then you have the raw denim trends and people aren't washing their jeans. And all of a sudden everybody's mining for gold. And and they're really not mining for gold. But no. how about Timberlake, by the way? And Britney Spears, they show up uh, full denim across the board. And wow. I mean, that. What a style. That's hard to believe they showed up like that. That they that, that they they were able to sign off on such a thing. But uh-huh. Anyway, it's getting back we? to the getting back to the main story here. Tangent story alert! Again? Tangent alert! We need a whoop. Yeah, let people know. This guy claims he's just it actually happens to be I don't know if it's a science yeah scientist. Robert DeRose was sitting in his office when he felt pain in his leg and heard a fizzing sound coming from his pocket. I heard a faint pop sound followed by a fizz and then felt intense pain on my right leg. So I immediately jumped up and realized it was my phone. He pulled his iPhone 10 from his pocket, which was just over a year old, to find black smoke coming out of it. Obviously not ideal. He claims he reached out to Apple, didn't hear back. You know who you reach out to after that, right? You reach out, it explodes on your leg, you reach out to Apple, no response. Who do you reach out to next? Well, well lawyer up. You, that's yeah. exactly correct. Yeah. You nailed it. You reach out to Carboni lawyers. Okay. You understand? Yeah. And... And then you and then you try to also link up with anyone else who's ever had an issue similar. Just tweet it out. Because then media, you add everything. to the law. You see what I mean? Yeah. You add to the pile of evidence. So that's what actually what happened here. He's working with that uh, legal firm to take action against Apple in search of compensation. And the firm is also representing a second man from Melbourne who claims he was left with a burnt wrist after his Apple watch overheated. Mm. So burns, explosions. Not ideal. I would be wouldn't be super into it if something like this occurred to me. I'm sure Apple will sort it out. It is important to note there are millions of these devices out there in the world. It's right. actually you could look at it a different way. This is like me when I'm on in traffic on the highway. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And I sit there and I say to myself, You got the types that could get angry at somebody else. You got the types with the road rage. You could sit there and say, This is the glass half full, half empty scenario. Sure. You really get the opportunity to do such a thing and experiment like this on the highway. You could say to yourself, "That dude is such a jerk. Look what you know. Look what he just did. This uh, highway is a nightmare. It's a mess." Or you could take the other approach, which is, "This is incredible that this is functioning at all." I know all these heads, all these lanes, all these personalities, and all their lives, and everything everybody has going on, and all the things they're trying to do while driving, mm-hmm. all the play buttons they're trying to hit and pause and pings and drinking a coffee and here we are all traveling at this pace and somehow it's functioning and somehow more often than not nothing goes wrong a, a lot of stuff goes wrong sure. but more often you know so you could take that approach to it as well it's it's up to you and i would say in this case you have the option of uh apple is crap or you have the option of isn't it crazy that they can sell millions of these hot devices with giant batteries and mm-hmm. slabs that are constantly charged up and beat up and and they rarely explode? The time it took, the engineering, design, You might logistics. come to a place of appreciation. Probably not if it's your thigh that sure. is starting to smell like cooked bacon. Oh. <laughs> Probably not. But for everybody else, they say, you know, I'm glad my phone didn't explode today. Right. 
How about that for the bright side? Yeah. About to lay your head down at night. You know what? Uh, my phone didn't explode. No, no, it's it could be. It day. could be like, well, um, uh, my boss was rude to me. My wife left me. My kids hate me. My phone didn't explode today. There's that. Yeah. My phone didn't explode today. Just putting that out there. It's all about perspective. Will. Sure. Here's a little bit of news about that OnePlus Nine launch that's upcoming very soon. Coming coming up very soon. What are we talking about? A few days from now. Mm-hmm. Rumor of four new devices: OnePlus Nine, Nine Pro, Nine R, OnePlus Watch. March eighth. I don't know. We're gonna have something. We gotta put some, together some content ourselves on Unbox Therapy. The news here today: it's starting to look like, and this comes via Evan Blass. You know, he, you know him as the leaker. Mm-hmm. All right. What's his actual? Yeah, Ev leaks. Yep. He's one of the original leakers, actually. Yeah. I mean, I know I've known known him for a while. Anyway, uh, this uh, latest information revealed that the OnePlus Nine series will go on pre-order on March twenty-third. So event March eighth, pre-order March twenty-third, and early buyers are going to be able to claim a free pair of OnePlus Buds Z true wireless earbuds. So they're trying to incentivize. Those that act quickly give you a, f- a free pair of buds. I think Samsung's done stuff like this. I think OnePlus actually did something like this. Yeah, pre- for like a dollar or something? Pre- previous model, yeah. yeah. I think actually that was a separate promo. But oh, was it? Either way, yeah. They've done promos like this, trying to put their headphones in your pocket. So it's just a little extra incentive here. We'll have to wait and see the official stuff. But a quick recap on specs. Snapdragon 888 all around pro model, uh, except for the 9R. Pro model, regular model, the, the R is said to feature previous generation, either 865 or 870, something. They, they don't know yet. But anyway, we'll find out very shortly, mm-hmm. and you might catch some free earbuds. Here's a weird one. PlayStation Store is no longer going to let you buy or rent movies or TV shows after August 31st. Now, I don't know how many people were using this functionality. I don't, I, I don't know how many people, but it was fairly prominently suggested inside the, the PlayStation store when you were on there. Was it? To also look into the media. It would be like the games and stuff and then the media. I don't think I personally ever bought any media. It may have been one time a long time ago. Okay. That I would have bought a movie or something. I don't know why. Probably because I just conveniently, that might have been the only thing connected to my TV before all TVs were smart TVs, you know, before Netflix was everywhere, before Disney Plus existed. It's so much competition for your eyeballs, Will. Yes. I know you're not complaining. No. But it just changed our habits around how we interact with this stuff. Mm -hmm. I will still from time to time buy a movie if it's the easiest thing to do, but it's amazing how often you can just find something. Again, depending how much time you're trying to fill, but... You can find something to put on that's on one of the streaming services that you happen to have. Yes. And so when you look at the price tag on a PlayStation Store movie that you could buy, you're sitting there saying, I'm not going to pay 20 bucks or whatever it is for the thing. Is that what it costs? It could be because it was for ownership. Now, it's important to note that if you did purchase movies or TV shows, they will remain accessible to you on your PlayStation going forward, but they're just not going to sell them to you anymore. Hmm. They're talking about shifting habits. They're going to let it go down. They're going to say, we're going to focus on just gaming-related stuff. We know you're not really using it. I'm sure they have the data on the back, and they go, like, 10 people bought the thing. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it to bed, remove the confusion, send them elsewhere. And they even reference, I believe, in a statement, I think they reference these streaming services. Uh, 
as being the change in habit. Where is it? Let's see. Is there a quote? I believe there was. As for why, Sony cites a tremendous growth of entertainment consumed through subscription-based services and ad-based entertainment streaming services on the company's PlayStation hardware. So that's another important consideration. On the PlayStation itself, you can put Netflix and Disney Plus and whatever else. Those apps exist. Yep. So lots of selection and they're just, yeah, they're going to focus on their core stuff in the gaming. Mm -hmm. Samsung is planning for a $17 billion chip facility in the U.S. We actually talked recently about Samsung being that chip supplier for the electric vehicles for Elon stuff over there in te te uh, Texas and I guess in California. That was the reason for the shutdown on the Model mm. 3 line. Uh, they were waiting for some chips and Samsung's current facility there has been kind of screwed up because of that blackout the the outages that have been taking place in Texas after the winter storm came through, I actually think that their facility in Austin isn't up and running as of now. Mm. However, that hasn't discouraged them enough to uh, look away from Texas for future investment. How about $17 billion? That's a nice chunk of change. That ain't bad. You know what $17 billion will get you as far as a facility is concerned? It will get you around 1,800 jobs. For okay. one, you want to know what else it will get you? $5.1 billion of buildings and property improvements. And it will get you $9.9 .9 billion of machinery and equipment. That's a lot of machinery and equipment. I'll that's tell you a, what. That's nice stimulation to the economy. I know you're a big stimulation guy. Oh, yeah. You, loved, you love to see a stimulated economy. <laughs> anyway, uh, what, what else? Oh, yeah, it will give them a lot more square footage which is important. They, they do have a bunch of, of square footage there because of their current operation, but this project Silicon Silver would add another 7 million square feet of new space to their Austin campus. This is where the company's had operations for decades. It estimates 542 new workers that would have to move to the city when, and contribute another 1,626 new residents because those workers could come with other people, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Those are taxpayers and build some roads and uh, government officials get to, you get to hire a few more of them. And yeah. You see how this goes. Oh, yeah. St uh, stimulation. Sure. You see how this goes. Yeah. Has all these consequences. Now, I'm sure the U.S. doesn't mind this. They're like, you know, we don't want to be importing all this stuff. It's nice to make some of this stuff. We want to invest. They, they want, everybody seems to want to invest in tech manufacturing right now. And Texas has really, really become a hub for this. Having Tesla around the corner in Austin, I'm sure doesn't hurt for this particular decision. However, they're not completely decided. They're also considering Arizona and New York for this, as you would call it, uh, stimulation. Hmm. So here we have some experiments in the comments section on YouTube, YouTube themselves experimenting with how to display the comment section on mobile. This has been a weird... It's been a weird thing, in my opinion, my humble opinion. They've been, it looks to me like there's been a diminishment of the significance of the comment section, particularly on mobile. You got to click the button and then unlock the remainder of the comments. You're being more fed into recommendations, which is not a bad thing. I don't, it depends on your point of view. If you're sure. a commenter, 
you probably want to see the comment section more prominently displayed. But if you're a content creator, maybe not. Maybe it's beneficial to have more suggestions. If you're a viewer, that's up to you. You tell me what you like to see prominently. However, anytime YouTube changes anything, people are so used to the way that it is, it's always causing some degree of controversy when these things change. Anyway, they appear to be A-B testing a few different versions of the new version right now, uh, likely figuring out where they want to land eventually. And if you scroll down here, you can see some of those versions. So on the left-hand side there, you're seeing the current way that things are displayed. This is what you've seen. You'll only see one little comment. Mm -hmm. And you had to click on that to see the 97 other comments in this particular example. Mm. To the right, you see a new version. Another way it could be displayed. Now this shows the comment, the opportunity to reply to the comment, and then in blue highlighted, a button encouraging you to view all 97 comments. Mm. So for me, this is more comprehensive. You can see it takes up slightly more real estate. However, if you scroll down a little more, you'll see two other versions here. Uh, the one on the left there, a lot like the original, and the one on the right, not even showing you a top comment, but immediately encouraging you to comment. Now. I don't know if it will remain some version of all of these and depending on the scenario or the individual, you would get a different one, but it does cause me to reflect on how prominent the comment section used to be where you would just scroll down and they'd all be right there. Yes. And obviously YouTube wants to make moves away from that and is experimenting with the best version of how to do so. I guess you guys can let me know in the comments out of those four options if you're watching and looking which is the most suitable. For me, it's probably that one. I prefer the comprehensive one on the right there with the top comment, the opportunity to reply to that comment, and the blue ability to view all 97 comments in that example. Speaking of software companies, social media companies experimenting with features, we have Twitter uh, adding their Spaces feature to Android. Android users can now join the platform's Clubhouse-like spaces. We talked a lot about this. Clubhouse was blowing up. It was like, what are the other social media companies going to do? Twitter comes on a scene with spaces. They say, yeah, of course we want a piece of that. Everyone's got profiles here anyways. And they, got the, they, they first launched the audio chat rooms for iOS, much like Clubhouse did. Now they actually beat Clubhouse to the punch because Android users are still waiting for Clubhouse to get the application over there. And now they can partake on, on Twitter. However, not with the full feature set yet. So Android users of Twitter spaces are going to be able to join a pre-existing space, listen in on a pre-existing space, but can't create their very own space for the time being, though that's going to change very soon. And that feature is going to be unlocked for Android as well. So it could give an advantage to Twitter over Clubhouse, an advantage that they've got this other platform support I don't know what the timeline looks like for Clubhouse, but it's going to be tough. I'm just saying to you, Will, is it's now they now they woke up a couple of big dogs in the social media space. Mm -hmm. And anyway, it, it's important also to note that they've kind of been testing spaces. Not everybody has spaces. It's certain people who have access to spaces. It's a feature that's been being slowly rolled out. But if you're one of those people that does that. It's being granted access. Now, like some Android users are going to be brought in right now. But speaking of competition for Clubhouse, Instagram wants a piece of it too. Instagram right. launching live rooms, multi-user video chat. And this is, it's essentially Clubhouse with a camera, kind of. 
Yeah. Granted, it's four people in the in the uh, what are they calling it in the live room. You add four people, it will notify all four people. You get four celebrities in there. It's the uh, notifications flying. It's a party, all kinds of viewerships or or rap battles was what you wanted to see. Oh yeah, this is a game changer just by adding the camera. That's big, <laughs> right? People want to see. It's pretty big, but it was also kind of what was fun about Clubhouse is that I feel like a lot of people were more inclined to join up or to enter a room because they didn't have to think about their camera. Right, yeah. You could just, it's more accessible. You could just jump in and, and not have to look around and be like, well, I got the socks on the floor over there. Yeah. And, uh, not that I would. I, I don't know. I mean, sure. But it's, it's a consideration mm -hmm. that you don't have to even think about on Clubhouse. I think it was, it, it was kind of... It was more loose like that. It had an old old school feel to it, like almost like a phone call, sort of. Yeah. Anyway, you knew it couldn't last. You knew they had to take it to another level. You know humans always want more, not less. It appears to be the case. So, yeah, they'll take the camera. And you're right. It is a game changer. And isn't it amazing how quickly they can implement yeah. these features? These huge, huge social media companies, tremendous number of employees. You're a little startup. You're Clubhouse. You got all the money mm -hmm. from, the, from the investments and, and the whatnot. Attention. But how can you hire engineers fast enough to go against these guys? Instagram's like, oh, yeah, live rooms. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, too. let's just turn it on. What else do we have? You know? you know? Oh, what's the feature? What's the hot new thing? Okay, cool. Give us live room. Right. Anyway, Instagram announced the launch of new features today, starting with live rooms. Live rooms allows users to go live with up to four users at the same time. The ever popular Instagram before allowed users to add only one other person. Now it's a full out live room. You can take the party live. And here, here's another piece. You can earn money as well inside the live room. Feature allows users to purchase badges for the hosts and take advantage of other interactive features like shopping and fundraising. This is like a Twitch component to mm -hmm. it as well. It's hard to know where to even put your stuff this day and age. Where are you publishing? Where are you streaming? Where are you live rooming and clubhousing and all the rest of it? You know, you got to figure out how you want to approach these things. But it's, it seems pretty easy to access. Open the app, swipe to the left, pick the live camera option, then add a title and tap the rooms icon to add your guests. Everybody gets a notification. All you got to do is invite your famous your famous guests, Will, and then watch the thing blow up. Yes. That's all you got to do. We'll see how Clubhouse deals with it. I mean, it's a real, it's a tough, it's a tough spot. Anyway, uh, we have... Mark Cuban going back and back and forth with Peter Schiff on Twitter. Peter Schiff is the gold guy. He's been on Rogan's podcast a few times. He's the precious metal guy. He thinks gold can save everything. Always talking about the government printing too much money or the Federal Reserve in the United States printing too much money. He went to Puerto Rico, save on the taxes. I, I listened to the podcast. It was a while ago, but I recall yeah. some of it. Anyway, big on gold. So he's been going head to head with the Bitcoin types, with the crypto types on Twitter saying, your, your, your crypto ain't no gold. As, yeah. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but sure. gold yeah. is better. Gold is it's real. Gold is yeah. forever. It's a store of value, blah, blah, blah. Well, this is significant. Mark Cuban coming after him because Cuban has been a little slow, I guess, on the crypto thing himself. He's starting to embrace right now, but he, he was actually an opponent himself for a period of time. Not a believer, let's say. And so he's gone so far now to tell Peter Schiff, at least roughly, that gold is dead, that gold is old technology, 
and he's done its part as far as being a store of value. He compares the mining of gold, the tools for the mining of actual physical gold, mm -hmm. being technology themselves, and how just the comparison to the mining of crypto and that being a technological component itself. Sure. But then Cuban is also huge DeFi guy as far as okay. blockchain stuff, Ethereum guy, and all the financial products that can live on the, just embracing on, crypto. on the blockchain. He just, he lit up. Like Cuban has now lit up as far as crypto is concerned. He was also, a, he was also public. He, he was doing a lot of talking around the GME stuff. He's just, I don't know. Cuban's just, He's talking right now. Sure. He's out there. He's available. Get him on this screen. You get in, he'll okay. give an interview. He's available. Mark right. Cuban available right now. He's over here tweeting at Peter Schiff. Now, Peter Schiff has become somehow a major enemy of the crypto movement because he's always in the replies. I think Elon went back and forth with him. Everybody, he's in the replies. Gold, 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 gold. Mm. Anyway, somebody actually went so far as making a chart about... Peter Schiff's tweets and when to buy crypto that every time he criticizes crypto is about to balloon. <laughs> so anyway, Correlated. there's a little chart down there, which is kind of funny. It's a, it's a little bit further. There you go. He says, Bitcoin is at 4X in 2020. What's going to happen? Another bear market like 2018. And then, and, and they're considering that a buy signal. Then crypto goes up and then it goes down. He tweets again and then it goes up. I don't know. You know, this doesn't, what does this really mean? Either way, it's turning into a kind of a fun little back and forth. Sure. And Peter Schiff, like for his business and Cuban and everybody else for that matter, they get in these articles because of it, mm -hmm. right? They're doing their part, whether it's crypto or gold or whatever it happens to be. It's often, they're just trying to as well promote themselves. And so that works on top of the fact that they're talking about their opinion on, on these uh whether you want to call them store of value, stores of value or technology or whatever else. But uh, here's some, some of what Cuban was saying. I'll give you a couple of quotes. BTC slash ETH are technologies that can make you a banker, allow friction-free exchange of value, and are extensible into an unlimited range of biz and personal applications. But gold won't ever change, which is why it will die as an SOV, store of value. Mm-hmm. Gold is dead, Peter. Move on. Wow. That's a tough one. That's a, that's a scary one. If you're holding a lot of gold, if you're a guy like Peter Shiva, I presume, I mean, that's what he's preaching. Right. Now, gold is gold for now. Gold is gold for now, but I have to admit, it's it lacking a little excitement compared to crypto. Just, just a touch. Just a tiny touch. Yeah. Uh, speaking of crypto, we do have an Elon story not crypto related, actually related to the operations in Texas over there. I don't know if you saw this tweet, but he would like to, he wants to create a city in Texas now and call it Starbase, Texas. Mm. And they do, they have the operation there, right? So the, this little place called Boca Chica Village is the small town in Texas where SpaceX is building its deep space rocket. Well, you can't be in Boca Chica. I mean, they're going to replace Boca Chica with Starbase? He's, in, he's inquiring about such a thing. Actually, when he was pressed on it a little bit, you... Boca you, Chica is a good name. You're a big Boca Chica guy. I'm a fan. <laughs> I know, it's a small town right now. I don't it's, think it's... Uh, I, don't, I know it sounds, it sounds uh, like a fun place to visit. I don't think there's much going on there outside of what... I, I don't know. Shout out Boca Chica, whatever. It's, maybe it's a good time. I bet you there's a nice restaurant and everything else. So. Yeah. The name alone. 
anyway, so he got pressed, or not pressed, but somebody on Twitter was talking about it, and then he said an area much larger than Boca Chica. So I oh. guess he's going to need even more space than Boca Chica itself to turn into Starbase, Texas. But there's a certain protocol you got to go through do something like this, Will. You can't just uh, take a sign, put it down, and all of a sudden it's Starbase. I mean, you could do that. You but can't you, claim it? <laughs> no, 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 no. Planting a flag? No, 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 no. Not anymore, at least. Once upon a time, yeah. sure. Not anymore, at least. So you you actually have the Cameron County confirming that they're aware of this desire to incorporate Boca Chica Village, the small small Texas town. And uh, this judge, Eddie Trevino, suggested county commissioners are open to the idea, but said that Musk and his aerospace company must go through a formal process that may include petitions. So he's saying, he's playing a little bit hard, saying, I'm not about to bend over just because I, I, I mean, you got to go through the protocol. Sure. Yeah. And then maybe we can do it. But you can imagine what it could mean for the town mm -hmm. if all of a sudden you bring in all this money and whatever else yeah. and rockets. And I mean, it would be world, it would be known worldwide. You can imagine Starbase. It's like you could have people trying to go down there for tourism or that. Yeah. Just, I'm just imagining all the yeah. they opportunities. Can name a rocket. Named Boca Chica. Uh, there you go. An Bo homage. Chica. An homage. Yeah. So to speak. I don't know if you saw this one. Epic Games, they purchased the maker of Fall Guys. Did you try this game, Fall Guys? I uh I watched um I watched Twitch. I haven't played it, no. No, you just watched it? Yeah. Okay, so this is this I guess it's like a party game. It's like a it is. You're this little goofy guy. I played it, I played a little bit. You're this little guy and you're trying to win this challenge little race and yeah you're trying to be number one i gotta admit i didn't really get it i gotta admit i play this thing and i play for a little bit actually with the kids and everything sure and it's it's weird it's weird with the streaming thing the culture right now it's it, it seems as though games that are fun to watch other people play might not be the most fun to play yourself or something like this yeah there may be some kind yeah. of divide there. I don't know. I'm just speculating my own personal experience, because the actual control scheme it's 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 kind of it's it's, it's like intentionally a bit slow and cumbersome right. controlling the character. Mm -hmm. That's the funny part. Yeah. But then for me, at a certain point, it kind of I was the the funniness wore off a little bit. But anyway, this was the hot this was the hot game. I'll it tell was. you what, this was the hot game. The game sold more than seven million copies on Steam. And then an undisclosed number on PlayStation sold a lot more there. It's coming to Nintendo Switch and Xbox this summer. So this company means big stuff, Will. And now Epic comes along. And you know what Epic brings with it? A huge user base themselves. They got the Fortnite stuff. They got the crossover potential. They cut all the licensing deals, all the Marvel stuff. You start to picture how this hybrid is built. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of... If we were in a boardroom right now, we might use the word synergy or something like that. <laughs> Right. Yeah. We're not Keyword. in a we're not in a boardroom, so we will not use such a word. No. Actually, but there just seems to be a lot of crossover. Like these colorful games. They also got Rocket League. Colorful games built for almost everyone. A lot of marketing potential because it's not too much violence happening. Very safe. You see what I'm going? You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying here? Mm -hmm. So it does fit in kind of well. And of course, the, the makers of Fall Guys, they say, well, we're going to take all that and run with it. We're going to blow the thing up even further. So they're claiming it's a good thing. 
anyway, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, they got big plans. How about this? Universal is resuming the construction of an of what they're calling Epic Universe Park in Florida. Speaking of fun and colorful things, construction was halted in July due to the coronavirus pandemic. The park will be on a 750-acre plot of land a few miles from the existing resort. And I don't know if that image is accurate. It's a concept rendering, but wow, that looks like a... What a wild time that looks like. Mm -hmm. Water, fireworks, hotel. What do you think, Will? Could you uh Oh yeah. This this is a good time. You could spend a few for sure. spend a few minutes there. Apparently the reason for this, they're trying to get people to extend their stay when they come to Florida, ha have even more things to do instead of like a three day trip. They want to see a week long trip. So mm. you would actually go between the different resorts. Because mm. of course they have the Universal Studios. They have more than I thought, actually. Apparently what is it? They have like four different parks over there. I went to Universal Studios as a youngster. You know, that's my recollection. Okay. Did you have a good time? Yeah, I'm a great time, man. Okay. I think was was it the Hulk? Was that the roller coaster at the time? It launched you out. I don't remember actually. Maybe you can find it. Somebody's gonna remind me right now. The restart of construction of Epic Universe is a terrific moment for our employees and for our theme park business in Florida. It is our single largest investment in the state and represents our enthusiasm for the spectacular park and the economic opportunities it will generate. Is that at Universal Studios? The Incredible Hulk Coaster? Where is that? I feel like I went on that, but I mean, I, I might be crazy. Maybe I saw a clip. Is it, does it launch <laughs> you, you? saw a clip? Does it launch you out of... Do like you a cave? do you launch out of a cave into full speed? I'm trying. This I don't see. Look like I it. don't see a cave there. Maybe, maybe I'm. Oh, well. yes, that's it. Yep, you launch out of that thing on the left. Okay. I believe, unless that's a tunnel. I think you launch, man. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So this is going to create another bunch of jobs. I know you love that. Well, uh -huh. they will hire an additional fourteen thousand workers. These theme parks take a lot of people to operate, including professional, technical, and culinary staff. 750 acres is the new thing. Epic Universe will infuse billions of dollars into Florida's economy. Typically takes four years to build a full-scale theme park. So, Oh, they're saying they may leverage the universal properties such as Minions, Classic Monsters, and even Nintendo. Oh. So you could see some themes from from those properties right there. Great. We were waiting for that one in Japan, the Mario World one to open up. That thing looked bananas. Yeah, it was so colorful. And it looked so realistic. Well, that's a weird thing to say. I mean, it looked it looked like the video game in real life. It yeah, it does. The lighting and the shadows and stuff. But I think the, the opening of this was delayed as well. It looks like the vi it's crazy, man. What a time. I wouldn't mind checking that one out. Next up, we talked about that place that was going to be called Starbase. Well, this Japanese billionaire is looking for people to go to space with him. Oh, okay. He purchased one of the first flights over there to uh, from SpaceX. He's got a bunch of money. Uh, what is his name? His name is Yusaka Mizawa. And apparently he's no stranger to publicity stunts. I don't know, it's a publicity. I guess it is a publicity stunt, but also kind of cool. I don't know. 
I guess a publicity stunt can be cool. There's no rules on this. Mm-hmm. It can be both. Mm-hmm. He's been looking for eight people, eight astronauts, would-be astronauts, eight people for up to his selection that are going to go with him to space. Originally, he said they had to be creative. What did he say? I read it in here. I was like, what is? what are those rules? Oh, they had to be an artist, some kind of artist. He needed eight artists with him because I guess he fashions himself as such. Hmm. Well, he made the billions of dollars because he got clothing stores and things like that. He was looking for artists, Will. Okay. Then he changed the rules. He said everybody's an artist. Everybody's creative. And so now the process of selection has has widened even greater, and I don't know how he's going to sift through this, but it's actually coming up faster than you might think. Apparently, this thing is set to go in 20, uh, 2023. And they're going to go up there, go around the moon, come back. What a time. 2023 is not that far off. I guess Elon's got to deliver on it. and So who knows if that's going to take place. Hmm. He, he recently was looking for a romantic partner for this adventure. And then changed it again. He had 27,000 women sign up to participate in a matchmaking documentary on Japanese TV. 27,000 women. Wow. And, and then bailed out. I guess he called off the search. He had mixed feelings. That's the quote. Oh. This is tough to be a Japanese billionaire. You don't know what to do. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, he's calling the like project Dear Moon, and he's inviting the whole world to the mission. And the, it's a bit unclear how he's going to select, but I guess sign up. I don't know. If you want to be on one of these eight people, you better be a creative artist. Yeah, Kanye. Just just go get just go get him. What is that? I wonder what that is. You're trying to put together the dream team of eight people in case what? In case you encounter extraterrestrial life forms and then and then you're ready to go. You're like, we got eight. Look at all these eight. These are great eight people right here. Yeah. Don't you love us? Uh-huh. Or something, or is it just more the experience, the way it lives in his head, that he wants it to be the most epic as, as possible? He probably paid a few dollars to be the first one on this mission. Yeah, maybe it's just the meeting of the minds. That's all it people. is. It could very well be. Found this article on BuzzFeed: fifteen mindless things Americans do that the rest of the world doesn't. And I was curious if it was going to be legit or not, if I was going to agree with it or not, because of course we're coming from the Canadian perspective and. So probably some of these things apply to apply here as well. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of European people weighed in. I did have I have traveled to Europe a fair number of times. So I reflected on that as I read through some of these things. All right, here's number one. Servers taking your credit card. In Europe, that would be shady for them to take the credit card away to swipe it. Right. I had this experience myself in Germany. And I also had an experience around tipping too, where I was looked at kind of weird for the tip that I left on a meal. Uh, kind of like, not not looked at weird. Everybody's very polite, but they're, are you sure? Why are you doing this type of thing? You sure you won't give me yeah, that money? Yeah, whether you think it's good or bad? No, I'm telling you, I was at this restaurant. I was in Berlin. Uh-huh. I left this tip and the server was kind of shocked and then brought the manager over to to verify that that's actually what I wanted to do. And I was like, oh. well, I didn't want this whole show. I didn't want a whole show about it. But oh, right. then I had this dialogue and I was like, yeah, it's cool, please. Anyway, so, but yeah, apparently if you're going to use credit card, 
in Europe specifically, they're not going to take it away from you. The terminal is going to come to you. But even here now, that's that's mostly what's happening. But there was something elegant about you give the card on the, you know, the little fold over thing. Yeah. And then they go, I don't even remember being in a restaurant for the record. Oh, man. That was a weird. A that's a weird memory right there. Imagining the leather flappy thing. You slide the card in the end. You put it over the edge of the table. And the server then knows. It's weird that I'm talking about this like it's a foreign thing. No, this is what used to be normal. The server notices that the card has been stuck into the leather thing. Uh-huh. They come, pick it up, go swipe it elegantly, drop it back where you were, at which point you simply sign it, okay. and it's over. It's pretty smooth. And, and, and smooth? It's better than that. Okay. You know how cool that whole exchange is? You just sign with the yeah. pen. It's on your terms, right? It doesn't break up the conversation, nothing. Yeah. It's cool. It is, yes. I, I completely agree, and I totally get it. But I just realized it's gone. It, even here, it was a thing. It was yeah, no a thing. It was a no thing. Now you touch nothing, right? Yeah. And it's everything is tap. But what's funny about it is there's no discreet way of doing it. When that terminal shows up, it wrecks the whole thing. Giant terminal completely derails the conversation. Yeah, it's like, hold on, let me get out my phone and tap. Yeah, it's a whole swipe, scan, blah, whatever you're doing to initiate. I know we're nitpicking here, but for those youngsters that will never experience the leather envelope, man, you could be smooth with all that. Mm-hmm. And then people would also argue over the bill. Yes, they go, let me get that, and yeah. they would grab it first. Can get aggressive. Look at us, we're so nostalgic over here. Yeah. We're old. Anyway, the signing thing has been gone for a really long time in Canada because of uh, pin numbers. Uh-huh. But the pin the pin thing took a while to take off in the States. I recognize this. So that's number two, needing to sign. Here's one, not needing to flag down the server. So a lot of non-American restaurants expect you to flag down the waiter for the final bill. So apparently in the U.S., you get the bill. I guess that's the same as here. Mm-hmm. You just get the bill. At a certain point, the waiter or waitress will be paying attention to when you're finished and then just bring the bill. In Europe, in certain places, particularly Italy, I'm sure a lot of other places, you would sit for a much longer time given a meal. You would hang out. Right. And then the only way the server knows you want to bounce is not necessarily just because you stopped ordering things, but you you actually flag them down. Like, I'm ready for the bill. Hmm. So that's an interesting difference. I'm sure our European friends can weigh in on that. Having long elections, holiday sports, the extreme importance of sports. Yeah, of course. Using terms like freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior. That's pretty American. Hmm. And then this one, adding tax on the price tag. So in certain places, tax is included in the price. Right. So you actually see what you're about to pay. Of course, in the U.S. and Canada and many other places, it's not till you check out, then you see the full amount. Yep. These are just some subtle differences. I don't know what BuzzFeed is up to. Bumper stickers, they say, are American. Playing the national anthem before sporting events. Flying flags in general. Tipping. This was the experience that I had that I mentioned. Uh, the awkwardness around tipping or the necessity of tipping. Tipping culture, huge in North America. Jaywalking. In Europe, you got small streets, you're jaywalking all the time. Right. Over over here in some places, it's not supposed to cross over there. 
Uh, I like this one. Knowing the names of drugs. Americans who are not doctors, pharmacists, or nurse, or someone working in healthcare still know the names and uses of a variety of pharmaceuticals. Well, that's pharmaceutical advertising, which isn't legal in a lot of places, but of course is in the U.S., making you aware of all kinds of variety mm -hmm. of drug products. Oh, man, this next one. Holy moly. Holy cow. Deep Nostalgia uses AI to animate old photos. I think you sent me this, but I saw it, re I saw it posted a lot of places. This is a very un un unsettling feeling. I don't know. Maybe it's not for everybody. For me, it's unsettling feeling. And I have a weird relationship with photos. I have a weird relationship with memories and and need and feeling the need to snap photos. Of like this, that ain't me, man. Yeah. When it comes to real life, I'm talking about real life experiences, I'm just trying to be there. I'm just trying to be present. Let my mind do with it what it will. Uh, be in the moment. It's mm -hmm. a struggle anyway. Yeah. But no, no judgment. I mean, do what you. Life is weird. Mm -hmm. You know. Anyway, this one, it takes really old photos. It applies a kind of a deep fake scenario to it. it. animates. And you're about to scroll down and show people exactly what that entails, what that looks like. Couple of photos here on uh, Tom's guide. Look at this. That's a still photo. It fills oh. in the gaps. It creates this animation. This is coming from one photo. One single frame. And you know that that reality never existed. It wasn't a video clip. So these movements have been generated. However, it feels accurate. It feels like a video clip that never happened. So she's like turning her head. She's having just like a little smile. She's blinking. And it's a little girl. And this, this woman at this oh. point is obviously much older than that. And she has brought back to life in a way via this old photograph. Now there is a an optimistic way to look at this. You, you know, there's a way in which you appreciate the technology. There's a way in which this could be useful or fun, but there's also a way in which this could be problematic for some people, sensitive to their memories or their place in life or their current emotional state. And so there is a minority report component to this as well. You see the baby animated from the... It's not all that crazy because videos exist and you probably you could shoot a lot of videos and just watch those back. Yeah. But there's something about the fact that that reality never existed. Those movements aren't the movements of that individual at the moment. And certainly when you get back to those really old photos like this one, there wouldn't be any video footage. No. And so it's like Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a feeling. You get a feeling watching this stuff. Uh, go check it out for yourself. Tell me what type of feeling you get. Is it creepy? Is it magnificent? Uh, are you prepared to input all of your old photos and animate your past? I guess it's up to you. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of it. It's up to you. Jack Ma has lost the title as China's richest man. He was the richest dude for two years running, I believe. 2020, 2019, but of course came under scrutiny trying to put that ant group stuff on a stock market or have the IPO there. It's supposed to be many, many billions of dollars. And then 
came under pressure over things that he was saying and and he kind of vanished for a bit or at least went low key for a bit and so i suppose there's been some sort of impact of, of that on his businesses uh, other factors as well obviously but uh, he's been he's been knocked down the list what is he number 3 or 4 now he has held the top spot for china's richest in 2020 2019 now he's in fourth place behind bottled water maker nongfu springs shang shang shan shan and tencent holdings pony ma and e-commerce upstart pinduoduo pinduoduo colin wong the latest list showed look at me making my moves through that good job i made my moves through that pin duo duo i kind of like saying that now okay. actually now that i just slowed down and looked at it i kind of like looking i kind of like saying it uh also moving up the list into i believe the fifth spot is the founder of ByteDance, owner of tiktok that's shang yiming and he broke into top five global rich list with an estimated personal wealth of 54 billion so he broke in there as well mm. you know these things move around will yeah he'll be shuffle. mom I, he'll be back he'll sort things out shake some hands whatever yeah. get back up there but and is, not, is there anything wrong with number four i don't i think we're talking about a few billion dollars here will i don't <laughs> think we need to short, i don't think we need bad. to stress too much about it but anyway he was number one for a while I don't know if you saw this one. There's a Spotify, Spotify K-pop beef going on. So a bunch of songs, K-pop songs disappear from Spotify in regions, well, globally, but regions other than Korea. There's a some sort of a licensing battle going on or at least a licensing contest going on between streaming services that already exist competing with Spotify in Korea. And some of these license deals ran out for Spotify. So a bunch of K-pop vanished off Spotify. And then people went to Twitter, complained, said, I'm going to cancel my Spotify. That's uh, This K-pop stuff is a big deal to me. Hmm. The artists that were pulled after the licensing dispute, artists like Hyun A, Epic High. Do you know any of this? You listen to Epic High or what? No, I... I all right, well, check don't. it out. Check it out because people are upset. They seem like it, yeah. Yeah, people are upset. A lot of people are, are trying to bail on Spotify. However, Epic High came out and said, what is this trash? A bunch of greedy people and the artists and the listeners are in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. They kind of wish the stuff just stayed up. Well, you can find tweets, people saying it's time to cancel. I don't know if you've ever encountered the K-pop situation on Twitter. No. It's a whole thing, man. Is it? What are you nuts? Don't 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 tell me they didn't counter it. Uh, K-pop fans on Twitter are no joke. You don't want to get on they? the wrong side of it, man. Oh. Okay. Here we have a quote from uh, I presume a K-pop fan. Spotify has put the website under maintenance, presumably to prevent the large influx of people trying to cancel premium subs. I navigated the site and managed to find a way to contact a live agent and finally get my sub canceled. Please are a retweet for whoever needs this thread. Like they make moves, man. It's serious fandom. They just say, you, you remove my stuff, I quit. I take my money. Bye-bye. Right. I'm gonna go tweet about it, encourage everybody else to do the same thing. So 
not, I guess not great for Spotify. I don't know how big of an impact it is. They recently launched in South Korea. That's probably what caused some of the uproar. Right. Uh, what was it? Yeah. Oh, also, some some of these groups say they're going to work to get their music back on Spotify. So I, I presume they're going to try to find a way to uh, satisfy both parties. So it's not good for business, obviously, for the artists mm. as well. And and if the artist wants it bad enough, maybe they can navigate these licensing deals to make it pop back up. So shout out K-pop. I don't know if you saw this one floating around, but I actually saw Rogan posted this on Instagram. A cephalopod has passed a cognitive test designed for human children. Oh. Yeah, that's that thing there. Cephalopod, which is, uh, what is the actual, is a cuttlefish, I believe? Anyway, apparently these things, this is smarter than you thought. They were actually capable of delaying gratification, which is a, mm. a thing that is usually reserved for intelligent creatures, specifically the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment, also known as the Marshmallow Test. This is where a child is placed in a room with a marshmallow. They are told that if they can manage to not eat the marshmallow for 15 minutes, they get a second marshmallow and they'd be allowed to eat both. Well, a child can figure that out. Just, I'll take both marshmallows. I still can't figure that <laughs> no out. No problem. It's very difficult. And and so they started to test other animals with similar, similar tests. Now, obviously, with other creatures, you can't explain this since so you can't say to them yo wait 15 minutes mm -hmm. so you need to figure out other ways through symbols and doors and things but they are able to do some pretty cool studies and they've done it with chimpanzees of course chimpanzees can figure it out dogs actually hit and miss yeah dogs hit and miss i know you like your dog i know most guys dog on a lap over there i know you guys like your dogs but uh -huh. dogs hit and miss you, sometimes they just want to take that treat they don't care about you yeah sometimes anyway this this cuttlefish figured it out. It was able to delay gratification by not eating crab meat in the morning if they were able to learn that dinner would be something better like shrimp. Mm. How about that? What do you think That's about impressive. That's cool, right? Yeah. So here's the way it worked. They designed a test for six common cuttlefish. They were placed in a special tank with two enclosed chambers, had transparent doors, so the animal could see inside. In the chambers were snacks, a less preferred piece of raw king prawn in one and a much more enticing live grass shrimp in the other. Imagine you're sitting there, Will, all day. You see mm -hmm. the two options mm -hmm. constantly staring back at you. The doors also had symbols on them that the cuttlefish had been trained to recognize. A circle meant the door would open straight away. A triangle meant the door would open after a time interval between 10 and 130 seconds. And a square used only in the control condition meant the door stayed closed indefinitely. So you can understand, that's the setup. Cuttlefish in the present study were all able to wait for the better reward and tolerated delays for up to 50 to 130 seconds which is comparable to what we see in large-brained vertebrates such as chimpanzees, crows, and parrots. Wow. So 100% success rate. 100% success rate, six 50 to 130 seconds. Not oh. nothing. They got the food sitting there. They can go eat it. They're hungry. But to, no, no, no. I saw last time. I, I know how these symbols work. I'm yeah. looking for the live, I'm looking for the live shrimp uh -huh. because I'm a cuttlefish. I'm a smart cuttlefish. I mean, I'm probably looking for the shrimp anyway, and I'm yeah. not even a cuttlefish. So same story for our, our cognitive abilities. But what does this showcase, man? You don't know where the intelligence is at.
It's incredible. This this uh, this planet, this universe. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on. Shout man. out Earth. <laughs> and on the same note, in the last story of the day, we have a study here uh, un- uh, unveiling or uh, uncovering some some human origin. This is called this um, fossil is called Littlefoot, and there's new sophisticated scanning technology revealing some intriguing secrets. This is a remarkable fossil of an early human forerunner inhabited South Africa. Listen to this, Will. 3.67 million years ago. Yeah, just casual. 3.67 million. Yeah, here, here's the fossil. What? What? Ow. It's almost as what old a, as you. What a find. What a find. What a find. Anyway, here's the skeleton. We got an image of the skeleton. And they're trying to figure out, you know, they look at the brain and the skull and they're trying to look at the dental figure out the age they don't know exact age of this uh this this fossil they know that it was a female actually and how about this for size uh let me see where it was where was the size oh here we go roughly four foot three inches tall just a little Hmm. a little creature somewhere they think in between the gap apes and humans and somewhere in there Uh, but you can see there's an image of them holding the skull i think you might have to scroll down you see it on the left hand side there yeah you see the little skull over here oh wow that's tiny with the dental with the dental and that's one of the ways that they're trying to figure out the age at the time of death is the way that the Hmm. the dental is worn down Mm -hmm. it's incredible man that's impressive so Anyway, you can go give it a read, but it's uh, it, it it just puts things in perspective for you, Will. Like yeah. this journey, this journey to this moment right now. Like, w- w- look at us. Look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> we're in we're in this uh, futuristic space, publishing things to the internet. Here we got Littlefoot was looking for her next meal. Yeah, she ended up. And, and and then and then three little did she know 3.67 million years later us goofballs will be examining what it was that ground down her teeth wow you see what I'm, you see what i'm saying here uh-huh 3.67 million years later mm-hmm. we'd be sitting here you and i analyzing the web page with the images of the remains. Yeah. Fascinating. Just I'm just pointing perspective. Oh, I'm just trying yeah. to put it it's impossible to fully encompass how staggering all of that is. Mhm. Just want you to look in the mirror, well. Just want you to think about it. All right. So